Hey baby, won't you stay right there? Ride the way with Seattle, you know we got the flair. Hey everybody, this is Amber Sweeney and you're listening to Seattle Wave Radio. Welcome to Northwest Prime, bringing Seattle to the world and the world to Seattle. I'm your host, Lori Ness, a soldier on the front line of the mainstream. You can listen to this and other shows at northwestprime.com and be sure to stay with Seattle Wave Radio 24-7, 365 for more great music and interviews. We're starting a movement of kindness and we want you to join up. Let's get this show started. My guest today, Matt Smith, is Seattle's native son, a local actor appearing in major projects like Northern Exposure, Spider-Man, and our iconic Sleepless in Seattle. Matt has his own film opening January 9th right here in Seattle. My Last Year with the Nuns is based on Matt's personal experience growing up on Seattle's Capitol Hill in the 1960s. This film was a huge hit at Seattle's International Film Festival, and I really appreciate that Matt took the time to stop by and and talk with us for a little bit today. So thanks, Matt, for coming on. Thank you. You make me sound fantastic. (laughs) Well, I think you are. Listen, you know, you have this extraordinary history of growing up in Seattle during almost what we would think now as a, as a romantic time. But when you take us back through uh, the last year with the nuns, we, we, we kind of seem like it, it, it wasn't quite so romantic back then. Right. Well, well last year with the nuns is, it's based on a, uh, well, it is basically a monologue that I did about, I wrote it about 18 years ago or so, and I performed it around Seattle, several places in Seattle and in New York and in London and, and different places. And um, it's about uh, basically my story of growing up on Capitol Hill, uh, which is a very hip, progressive uh, place now uh, in Seattle. Um, Was it then? 1966, 67. Um, Well, you know, people think of Seattle as a very progressive place, but that's partly because uh, no one's from here. (laughs) And there's there's something about there's something about places where everybody comes to. I think Alaska is an exception to that because the people came for the for oil. But but when people come to a place from lots of other different places, it tends to be a very tolerant and uh, progressive place because of that. And Seattle is like that now. At the time in 1966, it's my eighth grade year, so it's a very crude, uh, offensive in very many ways about uh stole from the stream of stole from the stream of consciousness of a of a thirteen year old boy uh going to a Catholic school. At that time Capitol Hill, which is the area that it's that it's about, was virtually all Catholic for uh a, 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 it's called Saint Joseph's was was the parish. And then there was a uh Roy Street was redlined by the bank, which redlining means that uh, you, you could get a loan. It was a decision made by the banks. You can get a loan if you're if you're a person of color. You could not get a loan to uh, uh, to buy a house north of Roy Street, and you could get a loan to buy a house south of Roy Street. And then the the reason and result being that it was all white Catholic on one side and predominantly black on the other side. And that's kind of what the the uh, film is about. And it exposes, I would say, the uh, other at least my own, I can't speak for anybody else because it's not true for everybody else, but my own 
homophobia, racism, misogyny at the time from a naive kid heading into 1966, 67, when things started to change, certainly for me and for, for everybody else. Well, that's one of the, I think that the, the things that makes the film so unique is because really in Seattle, we're kind of overly politically correct, maybe to the nth degree. And this film is really anything but that. And so it kind of shocks you in the beginning because we have to take ourselves back to 1966 and the terminology and then just kind of the way things were at that time, um, not being around in 1966, I have to take people's word for it. I I, I don't know. But um, it takes a little bit of time for the comfortability to kind of sink in as you're watching the movie because there is all of this history. And you're trying to wrap your brain around everything because here you are, a person who knows someone, a a living being um, who was on Capitol Hill living and breathing at that time. There's not a lot of you guys around and you have this wealth of information um, and and then it's set up. It's funny. It's a funny movie. It's historic, but, but it takes you back through that time and it, you have to kind of wrap your brain and kind of get into really the non-politically correct terminology that was being thrown around as everyday, everyday language back then. Right. And again, I, I want to say that it wasn't everybody that I think you're referring mostly to the N word, which I thought long and hard about whether it belongs in this play because it's, because it, because it's so offensive. But I decided uh, when we wrote it and, and with the film to just try to convey the, the, true essence of my experience without embellishing it or also without taking myself off the hook. And so part of it is about my dad grew up on Capitol Hill with all his brothers and friends as well. So what I inherited uh, from that and how it started to change at, at that time in my life. How did you as an artist then not really over censor yourself because that really was a part of the story and it needed to be in there. Um, but did you have any reservations about over self censoring yourself? Oh yeah. I, but in essence, what happened was that's my, our, my director is Brett Fetter. He also directed the play and where it happened is I decided to tell a story about that, that time in my life and became, it, it became deeper and I became more surprised about what it was about as it went on. Cause I just started telling them stories for months, months after month, I would just tell them stories about, about growing up. And there's kind of an oral tradition on Capitol Hill about these boys telling stories when they get together as well. None, uh, as you see the play, nothing happens as I said it did to exactly who I said it happened to. Because when I did that, it just wasn't as interesting. And, and for example, like some of the stories are actually, the characters at least, are three or four characters, three or four people combined. And uh, some of the stories are, I've, I, I, I didn't see all of them. I heard about a lot of them. And some of them are just changed around to, as I said before, to try to, try to uh, depict the essence of how it was for me. Not necessarily anybody else, but, but how, how it was for me at that time. Well, it's going to be opening in Seattle on January 9th, and you had really yeah. a, a tremendous feedback on it at the Seattle International Film Festival. Um, where is it going to be on the 9th, and how can people get out to see it? Well, on the 9th, it's going to be at Northwest Film Forum, and uh, that is uh, on 12th Avenue between Pike and Pine. 
uh, just uh, north of Seattle, for some people, for others, uh, by the police station. And it's a great little indie theater space, and there's like 15 showings uh, all week, uh, usually from 7 to 9, and on Mondays there's like a, a couple matinees, things like that. And the, you're right about this. The SIF experience was was just over-the-top fantastic. We sold out the Egyptian theater like 400 people twice, and it was all these people from the neighborhood, from the old neighborhood showing up, you know what I mean, like you know, five people from one family. They're like, I knew everybody in line. It was quite a crazy experience. So we're hoping that some of those people will, will spread the word. And thank you. I really appreciate your, your putting us on the on the air like this. Oh, no problem. Do, do you still live on Capitol Hill? Matter of fact, I live in the same house I lived in when I grew up. My wife and I, Elizabeth Heffron, moved in with my 93-year-old mother about three years ago when she was 90. And so we're still here. Matter of fact, there are four generations here now. There are four generations. One is my uh, my niece and her husband. Uh, they're one year old, so that's pretty fun. But there's so much to see and do on Capitol Hill now. I don't know what it was like when when you kind of were growing up. You guys probably didn't see it as you know, you look at it as a neighborhood and what we're, you know, we are all kind of trekking to Capitol Hill. I'd love to go to Sam's Tavern to eat one of my most favorite places in Seattle to eat Sam's Tavern. I always visit the mystery Coke machine, even though the mystery's kind of been solved. I still visit the mystery Coke machine. Dix is up there. And of course I always have to visit Jimi Hendrix over there on the corner. So there's so much to see and do up on Capitol Hill. And then to have this film that kind of takes us back in time uh, was it, it was it was really special, and it was really what really drew me to it. When when I was first, uh, I was talking to Ryan Davis, and and she says like, oh, I have this uh, this movie and uh, this director and this writer, and it takes place on Capitol Hill. My ear, my ears perked up right away. I'm like, Capitol Hill? I love Capitol Hill. So this was just it was a marriage made in heaven, as far as I was concerned. Thank you very much. I just had a long conversation with a friend. We're really worried about Dix. Not that it's going to go away, but with the with the station across the street. Is it going to be easy to get there and park? Mm-hmm. That's true. That's, yeah, they've been that's, doing that's all that. A, that's work a, that's, out a, there. that's a, what would happen. What would happen if you couldn't get to Dix? That would be, that would be <laughs> The world as we know it would would forever. <laughs> I know shift. it. It's like there, there, a lot of things that one by one things uh, things go away, but Dix remains steadfast. Absolutely. Um, what was it like? You, you appeared in you had a, you had a part in Sleepless in Seattle, which is an iconic Seattle movie. So here you're this kid from Seattle, growing up in Seattle, writing movies or yeah, basically writing movies, appearing in things, and then you end up winding up in really the biggest movie ever to come through Seattle. Well, well, all, you, you'll always be attached to that. Well, I know. At first, it bothered me because you know I did all this good work, you know, and everybody, all my friends were excited because I was a mailman in a movie. And and I, but after a while, I realized that you know I was like in the equivalent of uh, what's uh, the Wizard of Oz, right? <laughs> right. Way, yeah. It's, it's almost like being a Munchkin, having <laughs> been having been in Sleepless in Seattle. So now I kind of love it. I just I, and and I, it, it's uh, it's it's pretty cool that I get to tell people that. I was also on Almost Live. I don't know if you ever ever saw that. Yeah, yeah, I did. That was, a, did. That was a local. That was a local uh, comedy show, and mm-hmm. that's really something I'm really proud of. And I wasn't a major. I was wasn't on all the time, but I was on enough to to people think I was, and I let them think it. So that's, a, you know, that's another old feel that I get to be a part of. 
I, I'm curious for, for Seattle actors, is there a lot of work? Because Vancouver, there's so much work going on in Vancouver, just right across the border. Do Seattle actors have to go to Vancouver or is there enough work in Seattle? Or do you see motion pictures coming to Seattle? Or is it because Vancouver is so close, they just keep on going across the border? Well, it's, this happened right like right after Sleeps in Seattle. Around that time, there was a lot of stuff going on in Seattle. And then all of a sudden, uh, it, all, it all went to Vancouver because they were giving them uh, uh, discounts and things uh, to shoot it up there. So there's not much going on in Seattle. And you can't, you, you can't go to Vancouver to get work because they want the, the only people that get work are the people that are cast in L.A., uh, from like the, the, the major players uh, to be in things, but to get any kind of day work, you have to be a Canadian to get that. There's a couple of things going on in Portland. A lot of people, I've kind of stopped auditioning a few. When I found myself, you know, in my uh, late forties, kind of just pissed off in these audition rooms and not getting anything, I decided, you know, that's enough. I, and plus I'd moved to Bainbridge Island, but uh, there isn't a lot here, but I'll tell you what, there is a lot of in Seattle. There's a lot of independent films going mm-hmm. on. But by independent films, I, I, the, the big stuff oh, most usually go, goes goes to Vancouver. But it's a lot of indigenous movements happening around here. Uh, Lynn Shelton is a best example of it, uh, of where she tries. She's a you know major filmmaker who tries to make movies here. You know what I mean? In Seattle. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, that's how one of the things we did is was. Uh, we wanted to get Ben Kosolke, who's an incredible cinematographer involved, and he was interested in shooting our film for us, which was a big deal for us. And um, one of the things we did was we we timed it so that it would it would start. We would start shooting about four days after the film that he was working on with Lane Shelton wrap, so he wouldn't be able to get away. You know what I mean? He wouldn't have time to find a find a better job somewhere, and that ended up. Uh, really making a difference because it turns out to be really a beautiful film that really exceeded my expectations on how it would look and how it would come together. Well, I really enjoyed uh, my last year with the nuns, and I really encourage people to go out and see it. Yeah, I, I really liken what's going on in, in the indie film industry right now is what has been going on in the indie music industry. And there's this big kind of change going on, and we're not really sure how it's all going to shake out. But it's really a fantastic time for those making the movies and those who get to view this type of thing because we're seeing so much creativity that's that's coming out that uh, isn't being kind of stifled by the big you know studio houses ver- uh, both in music right. and in film and just as we saw so much great music come out of Seattle I think we're going to start seeing some really breakthrough films coming out of Seattle as well so I I really believe that kind of Seattle is is a great place to be really on the, on the cutting edge for what's going on in the film industry right now so do I. As a matter of fact, Northwest Film Forum, where we're where we're showing this film, is is the the person who produced this film, Michael Syrath, used to run Northwest Film Forum, and it is still a, a major contributor to all the independent stuff that's going on in Seattle. So check if you go to the film, check out Northwest Film Forum if you're a filmmaker. There's a lot of resources there. Well, people can find out more information on your Facebook page, my last year with the nuns, and is is that the best place that you want? them to go to kind of stay up with breaking news and information yeah for now that'd be great if they if they anybody wants to be on my mailing list uh send me an email matt at matt-smith.net and i will put you on my uh uh newsletter but uh the best place is 
uh, Facebook page, Matt Osteo Economics, and we will give you updates and things like that. Perfect. All right, Matt. Well, thanks for joining us. And it, I'll say is, my last year with the nuns is the name of the film, right? Yeah, yeah, it sure is. And it's very generous of you to have us on. We really appreciate it. And so we hope people uh, can come and see this film. We're really proud of it. We really want people to get out and see it and support this creativity and what's going on, not only here in Seattle, but in the Indian movement in general. And you'll get to see things like this that probably would never make it to the movie theaters if if there was <clears throat> studio people behind it. So this is the kind of thing that we want to continue to drive. So um, thanks, Matt, for coming on. Hold the line just a minute and we'll be right back. This is Austin Jenks with his Wild and Reckless, another Seattleite who did really good on The Voice, an indie artist. And this is Wild and Reckless. Thanks for joining us. Sunshine on stretch highway with a long night's turn.
Seattle, this is Glenn. This is Alicia. We are Diamond Wolf, and, and you are listening, listening to, to Seattle, Seattle Wave, Wave Radio. Radio. 